second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 it says for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. And and my title for this message is, What Were You Thinking? <laughs> Turn to your neighbor, tell him, What Were You Thinking? Amen. We're going to pray and ask God to give me utterance, to give me strength. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for your anointing and for your presence. Lord, we ask you, O God, to anoint the words that I shall speak, that they be your words, that they will bless, that they will edify, that they will illuminate, Lord God, that they will encourage, that they will lift up. We thank you right now for your presence and anointing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give God a praise offering. Lift up his name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. If you're smiling, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We are so grateful again for God letting us take a little side trip. Amen. Uh, for our anniversary, we, uh, I, I was posting a lot of pictures at first, but then I thought that's not fair to you people in Wisconsin. I heard there was some snow last week and, uh, all we had was, uh, 70 and 80s and uh, Caribbean blue, blue water and uh, amen. It was quite heaven. I didn't want to come back, but <laughs> amen. We're, we're here for church. And this is the greatest place because the Bible says we're seated together in heavenly places. Amen. You ever said to yourself, what was I thinking? You know, you, you, you said something or you did something and, and, and afterwards you're, you're trying to replay everything in your mind and you say, why did I do that? What in heaven's name, what was I thinking? And what today I want to preach about is exactly that. What were you thinking? Because what you think is so important. What is going through your mind is so important because it's what energizes your direction. It's what uh, empowers your actions. And so to, today we want to do as this scripture says, to take out some weapons to bring our thinking into captivity so it doesn't stray all over the place. I made some confessions in Sunday school that I'm one of these people that uh, sometimes I, I speak out some negative things. So please pray for me. Amen. And I was telling, I was saying you're not to do that. So I was preaching to myself. Sometimes, you know, we see some situations and we start shaking our head and we go, man, that looks bad. And that's the very thing that we're not to do. Casting down, the verse 5 says, imagination, that means thoughts. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. The Bible has told us that we have been given some weapons wherein we are able to fight against some of the things that want to attack our mind. And the battle today is for your thoughts. The battle today is for your mind. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Many times I've made some, some statements or done some things and I have to say to myself, what was I thinking? Why didn't I just take a little bit more time to think that through, to really uh, meditate upon that? And the Bible is telling us that that is where the battle is today, is for your thoughts, for your direction, for where you're going. And we want to take some time to not be 
looking back and saying, what were we thinking? But to have some thoughts of victory, some thoughts of deliverance, some thoughts of healing, some thoughts of getting through. Amen. The Bible tells us in Corinthians, Paul is writing to the church. He says that we have some weapons that are not carnal. They're not knives. They're not guns. But we have some weapons, some thoughts from God that we can use to direct our thoughts that are able to cast down the imaginations. Your imagination is your faith organ. It's what you believe. It's what you can see. You can imagine things that cannot be seen with your eyes. Amen. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Sometimes we think that that's impossible. How can we control our thoughts? Well, the Bible says we can by meditating on the right things. I know that when I'm at my strongest is when I'm studying God's word, when I've been reading something that's just been coming to me and the Lord has been opening it up to me. That's when I feel so happy and so strong because it's like a new food coming into my soul. It's just blessing me. Amen. You see, what we think can be for good or for bad. In fact, in Genesis chapter 11 and verse 6, we see something amazing that God says. So amazing that it it, it at first um, uh, boggles the mind. In Genesis, when they were building this Tower of Babel, God had to come down and he had to stop it. Because here's what he says. Behold, the people is one and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing, nothing will be restrained from them which they have what? imagine to do. What God was saying is that if someone can think about something, if they can imagine it, it can be brought to pass. Think about how powerful that is. Now, it's not just in the world where they say, you know, think think good things. But when God is behind it, when it's a godly faith, the Bible says that there is nothing that is impossible with God. Amen. We just have to start thinking and meditating in the right direction. See, Satan wants us to think about all the things that we're facing tomorrow. Anyone facing anything tomorrow? I know some of you are. But you know what God wants us to do? We want to be like the the, the three Hebrew boys who are going to be thrown in the fire. They were facing instant death. And they said, listen, O king, we don't care what you think. Amen. Whether we perish or not, we're not going to bow down to you. Their thoughts were not of death, but their thoughts were of victory. Amen. See, what you think is powerful. What you determine that you can do is, 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 is powerful. My mother, uh, for good or bad, instilled in me such a, a little bit of overconfidence that sometimes it was bad for me because I would try things I really had no business trying. I would take on, even in my adult years when I was self-employed, I would take on things I shouldn't, I shouldn't even be dreaming of taking on. I would just go ahead and say, yeah, I can do that, whether I could do that or not. But I thought I could, and with the Lord's mercy and help, I was sometimes able to make it. See, what we think is so important. What are you thinking? What were you thinking with some of the, the decisions you've made? I told someone the other day, just start making the right choices. From wherever you are, just start making the right choices. Yes, you may have dug a pit, but don't dig it deeper. Stop digging the pit deeper. Start making the right choices. Start going in the right direction. Psalms 119 verse 10 says this, With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. And here's the verse that you all know. 
Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. When we are guided by God's words, then our thoughts will align with his will. They won't be going off into what I want. Because if I start thinking about what I want, I'd have probably wanted to stay where I was. I wanted to stay where I was, but I knew that was impossible. I thought, no, I can't miss church. I need to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. How do we hide God's word in our heart if we never read God's word? If we never hear a word of encouragement? If we never hear a message from the Lord telling us that we can do it? Amen? That we can make it. Hallelujah. That we are his call. That we are his chosen. In Sunday school, we, we talked about the fact that we have been created for his glory. Now, what does that mean? It means God wants to put his glory in us. If you could even imagine what that really means, that we have been called and chosen to be the vessel of his glory. I want you to think about that. The Bible says that when we see him, we shall be like him. Now, Jesus was glorified. So if we're going to be like him, that means we're going to be glorified too. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Every time, you know, last month, our whole month was about the commandments. And our feature focus verse was, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I was thinking about that. Every time I was, the, the devil would come to me about, I'd say, I'm going to love you, Lord. I'm going to try and keep your commandments. When we start to meditate upon the word of God, that is so powerful. That is so uh, uh, empowering when we start to meditate upon the word of God. And it doesn't have to be much. You can pick one scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. Just those words. Think about what that means. The Lord is my shepherd. That means I belong to him. That means he's looking after me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. I shall not want. Think about that. When we start to meditate upon the goodness of the Lord, when we have hid his word in our hearts, then we have a weapon. The way Jesus defeated Satan, every time he came with something, he had a word for him. He said, it is written. Amen. Can we say that to our problem right now? Whatever you're facing, do you have a scripture that you can take out and address your situation? Do you have a scripture that you can address your situation? Maybe it's finances. Do you have a scripture that addresses your situation? Maybe it's relationships. Do you have a word hidden in your heart that you can address that situation? Amen. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, here's what God told him. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Now, In the Muslim religion, one of the things that they're taught all the time is to memorize the whole Quran. They can memorize all the 114 surahs, as they're called, of the Quran. Now, I can't do that with the Bible. The Bible has a whole bunch more words and verses. But imagine if we were to just start eating the Word of God. Eating the Word of God, just like Popeye and spinach. Amen. You couldn't see it, but I would start to have some spiritual biceps. Amen. I don't have much right now, but I'm sure in the spirit world, uh, you would be amazed if I started eating the spiritual spinach. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Imagine if we had a word for Satan every day. Not our words, but his words. And we could tell him, it is written. Amen. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by 
every word that proceedeth out the mouth of God. If you're facing some kind of shortage situation, there's a verse for you. There's something to meditate upon. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out the mouth of God. That scripture is a quote from the book of Deuteronomy where God led them through the desert so that they would learn to depend on him. Maybe God is leading you through the desert right now so that you will meditate, you will learn to depend upon him. That your sustenance doesn't come from the government, doesn't based on the economy, but it's based upon the word of God. Joshua told him, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written. That means, you know, that's something that we should be having in our mind. See, it's very simple. It's very simple to walk in the spirit because it's what you're thinking about. Amen. The devil wants to distract us with so much media. As soon as you go out there, you know, nowadays, and I'm guilty of it too, first thing we grab is our phone. See who's texted us lately. Oh, look at that picture on Facebook. Oh, look at this YouTube reel. And before you know it, your, your mind has lost the message. I could ask you an hour from now what the title of this message is, and maybe 50% of you couldn't tell me. Well, I know he preached something. I know he preached something. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Hallelujah. God wants us to be able to be instant in the word. To be able to have a weapon to say it is written. Amen. To Satan when he comes to disturb our peace. To take away our joy. Amen. And it starts with how we think. See, our fleshly thoughts of how we think is always based upon how we feel and how we are thinking. But God tells us in Isaiah 55 verse 8 that his ways are different. And if his ways are different, our ways should be different too. How do we react to certain situations? Do we start getting into a panic? Do we start getting all worried and frustrated? He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Now we usually put that and say, well, we can't be like God. True, we can't be like God, but we're on a journey to perfection. That means we should be getting that way, that we don't react the same way to the things that bothered us 10 years ago. We should be able to overcome those things, amen? We should be going in a different direction. He's saying, for the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Yes, God is above us, but that doesn't mean that we should be thinking the same stinking thinking. Amen. React the same way. When someone says something to us, we're ready to make a face. (laughs) Take offense. Give them a mean look. What would Jesus do? Remember that bracelet? What would Jesus do? Amen. He called Judas friend. Jesus, Judas was coming to kiss him, to betray him. He said, friend. Now, which of us would have that way of thinking to call the person just about to have us arrested friend. See, we have to have a completely different transformed mind. Not the way of the world because the world's way is to get back at people, to avenge you. You scratch my back, I rip yours apart. That's how the world thinks. But our thinking has to be different. God's way of thinking is different. He said, he said, blessed are the meek. Right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. That was all contrary to the way the Jews thought. They thought you had to be macho man number one. 
But he said Moses was the meekest man that ever lived and he was the one that was chosen for leadership. When we abase ourselves, then we can be exalted. God's way is opposite to many of the ways we think. Amen? That's why we have to have God's way of thinking. Our thinking has to be different. Romans 12, 2 tells us that. Don't let the world pressure us. Don't let the world squeeze us into their way of thinking. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you get your mind renewed? How do you get your mind refreshed? How do you take away the worries and the cares? How do you let the Lord minister to you? Amen? The Bible gives us the clues. In the very first scripture it says, For our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Satan, as soon as you leave this service, between now and tomorrow morning, will want to take away your peace. He'll want to have someone call you, someone say some word, or maybe you lose the keys to the car, or you have a flat tire. Just something simple. It can be something so simple can completely change your attitude. Take away your joy, and you just get into such a mood. Now, I'm guilty. I'm not, I'm not, my thumb is pointing back at me as I'm pointing at you. Amen. We need deliverance from stinking thinking. What were you thinking? I know what Jesus was thinking. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave. Amen. His thoughts towards us in Jeremiah, he says, thoughts to bless because I have a plan for your life, a purpose for you. Our thoughts are just about how can we uh, get through the next week? How can we get through this next bill? But Romans here, Paul is saying, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. That's a whole nother level. That's a whole nother level. Don't be conformed. Don't let the world push you into their mold. Don't react the world the way the world wants you to. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's like a little child. You know, they can be crying one minute and you start putting your keys like that and suddenly they're not crying anymore. They've got a transformed mind. Now they're smiling. Now they're laughing. You see, it's as simple as that. When we start to let go of this world's anger and all the things that want to come in and take away our peace. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. You know what causes stress? Is when we think we should be in control. And we can't control the situation. But if we go into the situation and say, I know God is in control, then I will not be upset by whatever happens. For I say that through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly according to as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. With God's help, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. I can't do it by myself. No way. I will fail. I will be a failure. But if I start to transform by letting God's word influence me, if I start eating God's word. Last week we talked about the fact that in Revelation, the angel gave John a scroll and he said, eat all of it. I've said so many times, God's word is not a buffet. We can't just pick the scriptures we like, the love chapters. The gifts chapters. We don't want to eat all of it. But in Revelation, God told John, you got to eat all of it. 
When we eat all of it, as your mom used to say, got to finish your plate. There's a title for a message. You got to finish your plate. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. God has already given you a seed of faith. God has already given each and every one of us a measure of faith. What are we doing with it? What are we doing with the grace that God has given us? See, the scripture that I started with said that we can cast down imaginations. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, casting down imaginations. Sometimes I just have to check myself and say, why are you thinking such a crazy thought? And I have to force myself to put it down and think something else. Because where is that going? That's a crazy thought. That makes no sense. But I know where it came from. I couldn't see the little devil, but he was whispering to me. Amen. You got to put that down. You got to load up on Jesus. You got to load up on the word of God. You got to go to the Jesus store and fill your, your, your meditation stomach full of the word of God. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. When we leave here today, someone is going to give one of you a call and say something and you're all going to, your visage is going to change. If anyone was watching you, you're going to go from Just like that. It's all going to change. And Satan will have gotten his hook into you. But you know what you you can do? You can choose your attitude. Choose to be a worshiper. Choose to not let Satan take away your peace. You see, we have been given the power to think godly thoughts. Proverbs 23.7, as I quoted it before. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I am a child of God. I am blessed and highly favored. We said that this morning. Come on. I want you to do this. Take your right hand. Put it on your heart. Now I want you to say after me. I'm blessed and highly favored. One more time. I'm blessed and highly favored. Amen. I'm blessed and highly favored. I don't know about you. Amen. God blesses me. God looks after me. He delivers me. Not because I'm something special, but because I'm his child. Just because you're his child, he is going to love you. Amen. I asked this question some time ago for those of you who are parents. When did you start loving your child? When they graduated high school, that's when you, oh wow, now he's done it. Now I can love him. No, you love him at the moment they are born. What have they done? Nothing. All they're going to do is cry and poop and give you sleepless nights. See, God expects when we're born that that's what we're going to do. We're going to cry and poop. We're going to make a mess. But he still loves us. Amen. When we get aligned with his word, when we start to eat that milk of the word, as Paul says, then we're going to grow. When we start to meditate upon his word, then we're going to grow. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Our thoughts and our attitudes are going to shape our beliefs and how we're going to walk. And when we're just full of the word, there's only one way we can walk, and that is with God. Amen? The Bible says that Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. His walk was such that he all his conversation was with God. If you could ask God, I'm sure you would have some conversations And all of our conversations would be, why? They'd start out with, why, God, did you do this? Why did you do that? I have to believe that Adam and Eve, all they could say is, thank you, God. 
They had no why questions. All they could see was this beautiful place. All they could see the beautiful Shekinah glory that God had clothed them with. Their only prayer could have been, thank you, God. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? I've had to say to myself, what was I thinking when I said such a stupid thing? Maybe you guys don't do that, but sometimes I say stupid things and I say, what was I thinking? What I want to come out of my mouth is something that is grace. The Bible says it's what comes out that defiles. That's so deep and so profound. We think, and the Pharisees thought it's what went in that defiled. But Jesus gave a revelation. It's what comes out that defiles. So the words that should come out are things that are grace, things that are a blessing, things that are uplifting, things that are grateful, things that are praiseworthy. Amen? Amen? What were we thinking? What were we thinking when we did certain things? Amen. Galatians 5:22 through 23 gives us the fruit of the spirit and it describes all these things that will come when we have the right thought uh, life. It says we're going to have what? Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, I, I've stopped posting as I used to on Facebook because I realized I was saying too much and not, any, not really doing anything except making me feel better. The Bible says that, that whatsoever things are good, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are of good report, think on those things. Many times all we're thinking about is the negative things. And no wonder then this manifests in us being depressed and us being weak and us being sick. But what we ought to be doing is thinking upon all these things that God has given us. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are of good report. Paul tells us the the weapons that we have. Think on those things. Can you think of a victory that God has given you? Can you think of a deliverance that God has given you in the last year as we're coming to a close of 2023? Can you think of something God did for you? Amen. Amen. Can you think of something God miraculously took you through? Amen. I can think of some things that all I can say is thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because when you think on those things, you will start to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. Then you will have love and joy and peace. Christians should be some of the happiest people. We should be some of the happiest because we know where we're going. Amen. We know that we're loved. Amen. We should have the joy and the peace and the fruit of the Spirit. But a lot of times, I don't want to hold up a mirror to you guys. (laughs) I'm getting some faces like this. We need some joy in the Holy Ghost. We need some love in the Holy Ghost. We need some replenishment in the Holy Ghost. Amen. These are the byproducts of our thinking. Now, I'm not saying that to be, to be um, unrealistic. Yes, we're going to have some issues in this world. In this life, the Bible says there will be what? Tribulations. 
Don't think it's strange, the fiery trials that are going to come along. But if you are prepared for it, if you are armored up for it, you can get through. If you do your Ephesians 6 uh, armoring up, you're putting on the helmet of salvation. If you've got your shield of faith, if you've got your loins girded with truth, then you're prepared for battle. You're not going to be surprised. The devil will throw darts at you, but you've got your shield. Amen. You've got your shield. And then when, when it's time to attack, you've got the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. If you could stand with me, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? When was the last time you said that to yourself? I'm sure some of us have said that this year. Maybe some of you have said that this month. What was I thinking? That was crazy. Why did I do that? You know what? We were not aligned with what God's will was. When we do that, we will be going off into things that will make us say later, what was I thinking? God wants our thoughts to be aligned with his. Amen. So when we meditate upon it, we will bear fruit. God has called us to not be depressed, not to be down. He's given us a sound mind. Isn't that what the scripture says? A sound mind. We have been given weapons that we can pull down the high places, the high thoughts, the, the, the imaginations that are not subject to God. The Bible says that we have been given these weapons. How are we going to use them? It tells us that we can be transformed, that we can be renewed. Amen. When we come and we hear a word of encouragement, when we hear a testimony of deliverance, that's a renewing of our mind. Well, they did it for him or for her. God can do it for me. Amen. Amen. God did it for this one. He can do it for me. That's how you get your mind renewed. You get transformed. You stop being conformed to the thoughts of, I can't make it. Well, with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. God has brought each and every one of you a very long way. When I was in Jamaica, the, 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 the thing about Jamaica is you have rich people and you have poor people. You don't have as much middle class. And I was just thinking about all the wealth that was displayed in some of the, you know, as we were driving along the road, we saw some mansions way up on the hills and then, you know, some little shanties. And it's easy for the world to kind of drag you into the rat race to to make you think this is all there is. But God wants us to put our affections, our thoughts on things above. Not on what we see because all of what we see is going to disappear. But our treasure, the Bible says, should be above. Amen? If the stock market collapses tomorrow, I'm not going to lose too much. Maybe from the world's perspective, that's very bad. But I know where my savings are. They're where moth nor rust can access it. My, 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 My stock market is not subject to the Federal Reserve. It's not subject to the wars and rumors and earthquakes. Amen. Because that's where my thoughts are. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen. I have no real ambition down here except to be ready when Jesus comes. And if I start thinking about it, I start smiling because that would make me so happy. Amen. It's very selfish, but it made me so... If Jesus was to come this week, boy, the things that it would get me out of... <laughs> no mortgage, no car payment, no bill payment, no. Wow. I might just dance if I start thinking. <laughs>
See, it's what your thoughts, where is your thoughts thinking? You have to, you have to, you have to be thinking on your heavenly thoughts. What God has done for you. What he's going to do for you. The fact that you are loved. There was a purpose in you being born. You're not just some happenstance. You're not some random occurrence. The Bible says he knows the very hairs of your head. He says not a sparrow falls to the ground and he doesn't know about it. How much more valuable are you? That's one of the things that I struggle with. I think, well, there's God, there's 8,000 other million people. Are you really listening to each and every one of us? And here's the answer. Yes. Yes. I know you better than you know yourself. I created your soul for a purpose. I brought you into this world for a purpose. That you would know me. That you would know how much I love you. That I have a plan for your life. And my thoughts to you are for blessing. That's what it says in Jeremiah. We're closing this service. But as I always say, we can never close God's service. If you would like prayer, please come forward. I'm nothing special, but he is all powerful. Amen. He says, I know the thoughts that I have toward you. Thoughts, plans to bless and to prosper you. God has got a plan for your life, no matter what age you are. Do you know that Moses did not start his leadership till he was 80 years old? 80 years old was when he started his leadership. So whatever age you are, God still has a plan for your life. It's the GPS system, the God positioning system. From wherever you are, if you turn it on, it'll say recalculating. And it'll then start to show you the path that will take you to him. Amen. We're going to close this service. But I want you to know that God is thinking about you much more than we even think about him. And he has a plan for your life. Hallelujah. If you could bow your hearts with me as we pray. And then I'm going to pray for those at the altar. Amen. And let us not leave here today without meditating on some scripture, some word. Take a scripture with you that when Satan comes this week, you'll be able to say, it is written. It is written. The Lord is my shepherd. You can't take me out of the, the sheep, out of the flock, because the Lord is my shepherd. Just something as simple as that. See, that was David's strength. He ends up with surely. Let's say surely. Goodness. And mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. See, David was a meditator. He was there with his harp and he was making up songs and he was meditating on the goodness of God. We're going to close. Father, we thank you for your presence today. Lord, I know you accepted our worship. I know you're in the midst of this congregation. Lord, that we are surrounded right now by angels. Lord God, we ask for those who are at the altar, those who are in the congregation that have a need right now, whether it be healing, whether it's a relationship, Lord, whether it's financial, Lord God, that Lord, their their mind will be aligned with your thoughts, that you are able to save to the utmost, whatever the situation, you are able to resurrect a dead Lazarus. Lord, you are able to heal whenever the doctor says no. Lord, you are able, hallelujah, to bring deliverance in any circumstance. Lord, we submit our will 
real to you right now, Lord Jesus. We ask, oh God, that you come into our situation. Lord, we ask right now that you do a new work, a new thing, Lord God, that you reveal yourself and your plan and your purpose to everyone who is asking right now, that there will be a renewal and a revival. Hallelujah. We thank you. Hallelujah. We lift up your name. Church, if you could pray with me as I pray for those at the altar, if you will open your mouth and call upon the name of the Lord, he has promised that he would hear your cry.